1: The Miz impersonated LA Night, yeah.
2: But was it actually good? Yes, yes, it was actually. The Miz is the lead story on the Raw review. The doors I've opened, everybody. This shows you uh, how little there was to talk about <laughs> for, from this episode of Raw. Yeah. That. There's a lot of individual things to talk about,
1: but there's no like big story. Well, no, I, I would say there are a lot of individual things to talk about. That we've already talked about three weeks that ago. That's part. <laughs> That's part. I am Luke Owen. D A D. That is your jam. That champion, the professor, the truth. Dan Layton, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Please do press the subscribe button. We passed eighty thousand subscribers over the weekend. Love that. So we're now on our way to eighty-five, and that is when we're going to have our next ten-hour live stream party. So mm-hmm. we're on. We're on our way there. We're like so, we're now less than five thousand. Give us a hand with that, uh, and give us a little thumbs up as well while you're at it. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode. Of Monday Night Raw or The Miz or LA Night, or you know, me being called bald by MJF in the comments down (laughs) below. And if you're watching live, get in your alpha chats, your American alpha chats, uh, to rustalk.com forward slash support. Apologies that this stream went
2: live slightly late. Uh, Luke is regressing into being a teenager (laughs) who spends too much time on social media and neglecting his real responsibility, his homework. Yeah, for your homework to do like being live on the stream with the people. That's right. Uh, I was on Instagram live. Yeah, uh, just chatting with my uh, with uh, I would say upwards of seventy five. Wow. People. I mean, I did notice the time tick over, and in my head, I was like, "Luke, why well, didn't tell me?" Well, because you were first of all you're in the middle of a story, and then second of all, I was like, "Luke's the between us. Luke's the adult in the room." Well, I did have to become the the adult. We had a WhatsApp
1: group for all in. Yeah, like, when we were going to meet up beforehand, and man alive it's like i was begging, begging for someone to make a decision well begging so, for someone to make a decision and in the end andy just kept being like what's the plan what's the plan yeah. and he messaged like five times being
2: like what's the plan within an hour period so i was like fine dad is here we're going to this pub we're meeting at this time you had asked for my local area knowledge and i had presented you with it but then because when i was a child my mom called like told me not to be bossy she kept saying i was bossy and like <laughs> I was like, so that I internalized that. And I and since then I'd never make decisions <laughs> for people. I'm always like, here is what we could do. <laughs>
1: And no one else was like, what are we doing? And then eventually yeah.
2: I was like, right, we're going to this pub, we're meeting at this time. And we had, had a wonderful time. We had a great time. Yeah,
1: really, really nice. Got to see Sean for a bit. So yeah, Maggie from
2: Fightful. Got to see, Fightful, who got was to great. see uh, Sat, who I only get to see when we run into each other on Saturdays. And then we had a big old natter, which was very nice. Yeah, let's yeah. hang out with Sat and his partner. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely time. Yeah, know what a great weekend it was. What a great weekend it was. So let's talk about Raw then.
1: Um, <laughs> look, I. Uh, This was not a bad episode of Monday Night Raw. No, it was not. Because there aren't really bad episodes of Monday Night Raw. Like, since Triple H has taken over, I don't think there have been bad episodes of TV. There's never been an episode since Triple H has taken over where it has finished, and I was like, that was a dreadful TV show.
2: Except for uh, the one immediately after Raw. Uh, WrestleMania, sorry. Which was Vince...
1: Yeah, there was a, kind of Vince, It was yeah, it was a bit of like Vince, you know, Vince led in there. But even though, like you know, we sort of popped for the, uh, the the heel turn and stuff with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but it was like, if we weren't live, <laughs> my god, yes. Um, but yeah, like so it was. Okay, well, I gave I give that episode two out of five. Um, <laughs> so like I don't I, I don't think there've really been bad episodes, but I think we are in a point where it's just like nothing episodes and like, yeah i said at the end of my edited review like i gave this a, a three out of five show which i think in hindsight was pretty generous i think i gave that because it was really good wrestling up and down the card was because we were in the same position storyline wise as we were last week
2: and that was the same as it was the week before oh yeah and i'd go so further as to say we were in the same position storyline wise that we were about two months ago yeah you know
1: so like you know, when we came down to you know what we're going to do for this stream, I was like, man, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Because okay, here's here's a fun little bit of uh, statistics for you. Uh, on May sixteenth, we led with uh, the first team. This is uh, us. Yeah. That we led with uh, Judgment. Uh, J D McDonough might join Judgment Day. On June sixth, our video was Judgment Day breaking up. On yeah. July fourth, our video was judgment day breaking up on july 11th it was judgment day back together and on august 15th it was judgment day back together like we have now done four videos in the last two months that have said they're either breaking up or they're sticking together and i so what you're saying is we're part of the problem (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no I we are responding to yeah. what we're given yeah and so like i was like i can't do judgment day as a lead again no people don't care about becky and trish through no fault of their own oh, because
2: they should have had this finished off at SummerSlam. i've got a lot to say about well i've got a reason about it no surprise to poor luke whose ear i've chewed off all weekend about women's wrestling but uh that was a great match mm-hmm. that you're exactly right should have been weeks ago yeah Pretty um, much, and so, but that's the thing: is when things become stale, people don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. Oh. hi, uh, Sean's in the chat. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. How you doing? I hope you're getting some rest.
1: Did because you land yet, or is it still yeah, in the I, I think I think Sean had a terrible oh, j- journey home. Yeah, it was, like, like everyone it. did. It's almost like, oh, finally we got our own Saudi show. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. everyone's <laughs> grounded and <laughs> trapped on planes. But hello, Sean. Lovely to to see you, bud. Um, but yeah, like so, we I, we couldn't do Trish and. Like, I don't think anyone really cares about Rollins and Nakamura. Like, uh, again, but again, it was really good. It's it's good promo stuff. It's just like, no one buys that Nakamura's gonna win the belt. I don't think anyone buys that Raquel's gonna beat Rhea, even Mm -hmm. though I thought that was quite a, a simple and effective little segment, which is what's led us to this. I also think, and this is, you know, this is the sort of thing I find quite interesting. I often look at WWE's YouTube page to mm. see what are the things that people have gravitated towards. Because if I can't think of anything, maybe that'll be my mm. you know, my lead in like, okay, cool. That's what people want to talk about. And that's the whole point of this podcast. It's all coming together to the community so we can talk about the things. Yeah. So what is it that people want to talk about? And the Miz, dressed as LA Knight, was outperforming Judgment Day videos. It was outperforming... Rhea ripley videos it was outperforming becky and trish Mm. and i wonder if that's a because it was quite a good little segment really actually the miz did a very good la night impression Mm -hmm. or b people are kind of done with the staleness of judgment day everything else yeah
2: if i may first of all Uh, thank god for the miz second of all um i think a few times i've sort of used this little phrase but essentially raw has become less than the sum of its parts because what you have um and actually I, I won't even limit it to raw. Cause sometimes on collision or dynamite, it's been the sort of same thing. Um, what you just outlined there is a lot of segments that were actually quite good. Like I thought the Shinsuke and Seth segment, when we get into it, I thought was really good. I thought that the, um, main event was really good. This Miz section was really good, but together as a whole, as a whole episode of television, it's not really a lot to sink your teeth into in terms of, Oh, that was a great episode of that TV program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting then to go and look at the metrics and find out what, and I'm sure in no small part it's because Alley Knight is involved, even tangentially. His name is in the is in title. Um, and it was a good segment. And it gives me, and I, because I'm a Miz fan, have a lot to say on this. Um, So let's have a natter. So the segment was
1: uh, LA Nights Music Hit and the place went uh, banana for him. And I got real flashbacks to that time when Punk came dressed as Jeff Hardy. Right. it took the fans a little while to realize that it wasn't Jeff Hardy. And there was that one like emo kid who had the big hair and stuff who sat there really like folded arms and stuff, really annoyed about it. I thought it was really funny. And kind of the same thing happened here Mm. is that LA Nights Music Hit and a dude who walks out, who did look like L.A. Knight because they've got the same haircut and yeah, you know, and like he walked out and dressed it like L.A. Knight. I was like, oh, that's L.A. Knight, and it was only until he got to like the end of the ramp. I was like, oh, it's the Miz, yeah, dressed up as L.A. Knight. I was like, actually, that's. That's quite fun.
2: Yeah, it wasn't like when uh, Kevin Owens came out of Steve Austin with a, <laughs> a, an ill-fitting bald cap, was no. it? No, absolutely not. And he,
1: um, he comes out and they announce that they're going to have a match at Payback, mm-hmm. uh, which is very good. And he does a pretty decent LA Night impression of doing an LA Night promo. I actually got a, a big pop. He said, like, you know, if you like that, give me a, like, let me talk to you. Hell yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of making fun of the fact that he's this, you know, the thing that he was talking about the other week, that he's an attitude era wannabe mm. uh, that is this trying to like relive this glory days. And they're a very good final line. You know, it's a good like usual Ms. Promo, where it's like anyone can be LA Knight. Anyone can have a catchphrase. Anyone can be generic and have get over with a catchphrase. I don't say I'm awesome because it's a catchphrase. I say it because I mean it and I am it. And you're going to see that this coming Saturday at Payback. This was, I would argue the best go home segment of the entire show. I completely agree. As a go home show, this was not a this was not a home run in terms of making you excited mm. to like like amping up your excitement levels. Mm. Like if I I hold up like Jericho and Osprey like that was a segment that got me hyped to see their match. Yeah. Um none of the segments on the show got me hyped to see the matches outside of the hype I was already at. Mm.
2: This one did. Yeah. And this made me go like, I ah, actually really am looking forward to that match on Saturday. You always want something that's going to just tip you over the edge. In, a, in an ideal world, the build of the whole program has been such that when you get to that final show, there really is nothing left to do but yeah. but like lay the point to the table that has been laid. Um, and if in a, in a dream world, it's like, and they pull the chair out for you and you take a seat, which I kind of think is what happened here. I thought it was a, Damn good LA Knight impression very for a good. star. yeah, yeah. And it came hot off the heels of LA Knight's brilliant piss take Miz impression from SmackDown. Do you remember, do you see uh, yeah, yeah. where he sort of, he was giving it and then I've got a bit too much bass in my voice. And it wasn't like an out and out Miz impression, but it was funny and it was entertaining. And that was a a, a very well received promo in um, a show that was, for all intents and purposes, was a tribute to Bray Wyatt, you know, because it ended with that brilliant line again as a wise man once told me when you see me coming, run I, I i and that's been in my head since that so this one coming off the heels of that i thought was really nice and in the research when we decided this was going to be our lead topic i did my um good boy thing and, and started to do research and, and and you are a good boy thank you very much um i like to earn my keep um and have a <laughs> lot more of than i do <laughs> <laughs> and have a look at a lot of the things that um have led us here and seen that he got a promo on TMZ. And so LA Knight referencing you there on TMZ was, it was a great in-character promo to a, mm. uh, a paparazzo, essentially. Um, I think they've been doing some really good work together. I think this promo was brilliant. I think this program is brilliant. And I think the pairing of the two of them together is brilliant because it's really simple, ultimately. It's about Miz being someone who dreamed of being... The big star that LA Knight is and never getting there and being her about it because LA Knight, who has worked his ass off on the other side of this coin, worked his ass off and never get the opportunities that Miz has gotten and finally forces his organic way through at the first time of asking to the point where he's one of the top merch movers in the company. He's everything that the Miz could never be. I think it's a fascinating little story and I'm excited to see the match of payback.
1: I will agree with everything you said there, but mm-hmm. I will just alter some of the words to say that this has been a good feud. <laughs> this was a good segment because I don't think this—I don't. It this was like a, a brilliant segment. I think that, that I would don't think I would go that far, but I thought it was a very good segment. Um, Who's I, nitpicking now? Well, yeah, Who's pedantic now? Words are important. They down. are. They are. Yeah. Uh, and I think the reason why I am not as hot on this feud, outside of I think it, like the setup for it is actually like brilliant like mm. i would use, i would use that word there i think Wouldn't the matter. setup yeah. for this is brilliant because it is like the almost curmudgeonly miz who's mm. just seen this upstart come in and get over instantly to be just like what did you see what i had to go through to in order to get the the mm. level of respect that you're getting like this is nonsense but la night's making this point of like dude i've been doing this for 18 years like i've been working hard like as hard if not harder mm. than you have with all the opportunities that were handed to you. So I think there's some great stuff there, but then there was comedy nonsense last week that I then, and I know I talked about this last week. I, I, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Am I supposed to be not? And I don't think it's the same as MJF and Cole, which I think has done a very good job of balancing the seriousness and the comedy in there because that has played out and the, in the all in match Do apologize, all in's a lot on my mind at the moment because <laughs> I've had a great time. Um, and I don't think this is this. I think that that was just awkward gear changes from like, we are super serious, and I'm the Miz, and I I was kicked out of the locker room blah, 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 to like wacky wacka, no, wacka wacker, Akira Tazawa. Yeah. Like so. And then like this week back to being like, boom, the Miz, serious Miz. I think there's a disconnect in mm. some of the story.
2: And I think that's a that is uh both a credit to Miz and a fault of the production. When I say credit yeah. to Miz, I mean he will do what you want like what you present him for the day and he will he will work his little bottom off to sell it to you won't he just it's one of his it's to his credit but it's also almost a little bit to his detriment i suppose that he will do whatever you give him so like you know by by doing it that they will give it to him if that makes sense um and it's, it's something you talked about the respect and he's had to sort of work and earn his respect what was one of the other interesting things that i looked at when i was looking at I was just searching the Miz's name to see what the response to this promo was. And it is uh, broadly across the board, very positive. And well deserved. I was seeing other clips. So there was a clip of the WWE 24 documentary when he um, cashed in against drew McIntyre in the Thunderdome. And, and you know, 24 documentaries are in-house bits of propaganda. Let's, you know, not beat around the bush. But um, you get clips there of of Randy saying you earned it. AJ Styles saying nobody works harder and like clips saying that two Miz. Yeah, I get that, but also like
1: he was only he only won it so that Drew didn't have to drop yeah. the belt to Bobby. So like that's a really disingenuous thing to say because uh, of like you earned this opportunity. It's like no, you're a you're a placeholder. Because we don't have Bobby beat Drew for the belt.
2: But it still means that he's a person there that they, they consider worth being in that picture. And I think the point that I'm trying to make here is that even what where I was going to go was even what Dan, uh, Brian Danielson had to say on Rene Paquette's podcast when they were talking about Talking Smack. He, you know, well, he says, um, I don't, the mid and I don't like each other. He also said, I don't really, I like... He enjoys lying, so like who knows? I don't know what their personal relationship is, but he talks about how the Miz in that segment was kind of magic, and how his his decision was just sort of to let. The, originally, the plan was to get him so riled up that he would deck the Miz, um, so that they would either release him or have to book the Miz match. And Miz was fully on board with this, and and his his argument was that the Miz was so good in that moment that he left he thought it was better to leave him with the heat and, and and let him have that moment and let him almost take the ball and run with it because it was so, it was so good. And I just think it's got that, that thing of like, he's, he's earned the respect of the people backstage. He's earned the, the, the um, goodwill from the, the people who work with him. And I think for me, that says so much about him. And when you go all the way back to the real world and when he was on the real world and was deeply irritating and again WWE 24 documentary propaganda reality tv not real ironic that a show called the real world is you know whatever even early reality tv like the real world ultimately is set up and produced and he's there being an absolute dork and and cutting promos and annoying the hell out of everybody he's talking about himself in this idea of i'm gonna eventually get this over it speaks to his work ethic it speaks to his commitment to the bit and for that i just have a massive amount of respect for the guy um and i and i i take all your points about the the lack of uh, co cohesion in terms of mm. how am i as the audience member supposed to ultimately really buy into this person as top guy if your booking of him is so inconsistent but in terms of someone who will really give it 100% every single time and like yeah like he, when he was at NXT getting daniel bryan you know over in the weirdest possible way or or rather allowing daniel bryan to get over to get himself over is what i'm trying to say
1: I, I would also disagree with that i feel like that's also a bit of revisionist history do you think
2: well michael cole was on commentary oh lit- yeah lit- like i can't i can't ever hear you that. this
1: man is a dork do not believe that he's good
2: but i think the both of them kind of took an took advantage of an opportunity you know the miz took an advantage to lean into that kind of mm. healy version and and i think look at brian danielson uh, well, yeah, he's made uh, Matten out uh, of a molehill what
1: i mean is more that Cole there is the conduit for vince mcmahon who's right. just saying what vince mcmahon is telling him in the headset i think tells you everything you need to know about how wwe
2: really felt about brian danielson when he came in which is like you're an indie geek completely agree but i remove myself you will never be wwe champion when i remove myself and the way i perceive it from the way they've tried to present it mm. i still see two people being like well lemons and lemonade yeah you know and it's it's something kind of in, I just think it's interesting. I just think he's an interesting character. And when the tapestry of wrestling is looked at, I think people will be an awful lot kinder to them is than they are in the present. Yes, I think so. I f- I'm actually not going to make that comparison
1: because I think that's an incredibly harsh comparison. and People get really angry when I make those sorts of comparisons. Um, I'll, I'll say it now, but I don't really... What I'm about to say is making going to sound way harsher than I mean. I also mean no disrespect to the person I'm about to compare him to. Um... I think the Miz is a bit like Alicia Fox. So there was a period of time when Ollie and I were doing this podcast where we were talking about like Alicia Foxy's getting presented in ring as that she's some sort of legend of this industry mm. when like she she isn't like she has done her work, but she is not a titan of this sport. And people in the comments got really angry at us being like, Alicia Fox is a legend. Look how long she's been here.
2: Right. And I'm like, ah, well that's, that's a longevity. And longevity doesn't,
1: Yeah. Natalia is another example of this. Someone who's just been there for 25 years, but mm-hmm. has like, you know, really, at the grand scheme of things, what she accomplished is just—I've been here for twenty-five years and I've broken twenty-five. No, I'm—I'm being—I'm oh, I'm hyperbolic But okay. she has been there so like since the mid-two 2015 at the very least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and that's the problem. I think with the Miz, it is going to be a case of he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like he's going to go into the WWE Hall of Fame because everyone will. Mm. And it, when he gets there, people will talk about the thing that I think is key to this, which is he was not given the opportunity to get over when he came in. He was in the sense of they put him out on TV, but they put him in roles that were designed to make him look bad. And he was buried on TV by JBL. He was buried in the locker room um, by the boys that did not think that he deserved to be there. But he put in the work and he outlasted a lot of them. And he's done way better in this than a lot of people have done. Because like, you know, yeah... Did he have one of the worst WrestleMania main events of all time? He sure did. Right. But he had a WrestleMania main event. Yeah. It's more than Lance Storm can say. Yeah. He was like, you know, one of the greatest... Talent. WrestleMania match for Lance Storm in, in Lance Storm's yeah, case. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was like on a pre-show. Yeah. But he wasn't on the main card. So like, you know, he can say a lot of things. Two-time Grand Slam champion. Mm-hmm. you often bring up as well. I Last thing I wanted to say on this point here, uh, on this segment rather, is that what we have near, what we have here is a new segment that people can point to when I say i think the Miz is okay we like, <laughs> but he had that really good la that one really good la night segment which i'm glad for because prior to this when i've said Miz is, i think Miz is okay people would be like but what
2: about the talking smack promo right. and i was like yeah that was and do the maths, seven years ago yeah i mean that's the one we t- we've talked about existential crises in terms of timelines <laughs> yeah. and wrestling recently a lot but oh, what yeah about that great run he had in 2016 was seven, seven years, years ago, ago. um I'm gonna take your comparison in good faith, because I think you mean it in good faith. Yeah, I, I don't mean like, it.
1: I'm not trying to like rag on Alicia Fox. No, no, no. I, I don't think know. I think
2: Alicia Fox did her work. I know exactly what you mean though, and and it is the longevity specifically someone somebody's yeah. been around. So when she was being presented as legendary Alicia Fox, I I think it's fair to say, you know, you showed up, you did your work, you were part of it, you were there in the women's revolution and team bad, like And you had a very lovely Northern Light suit You know, right? I, well exactly, but you weren't she wasn't one of the, you know, guiding lights. And I think the the difference is what moments did you have? So so you're making that comparison. I completely understand, and I think mm-hmm. it's an absolutely fair one in terms of talking about longevity and, and reactions to people. My my counter to it is I can actually think of a number of, of moments where like Miz has taken what he was given and tries to sort of really elevate it. Whether it's you know getting the 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 belt back off um, Zack Ryder post WrestleMania and the Maurice re debut, or the Talking Smack segment, or this segment here, or the or the the Miz girl, or things like that there are so many moments of the Miz where he's had had has has had moments, and I I do concede as well. Moments are all about the follow up, and if you don't do anything with it, what is you know what is it you yeah. know? And you are, you are right to point out that there can be a little bit of revisionist history when it comes to specifically. Uh, I watched a, a clip of a, a Daniel Bryan Miz talking about SummerSlam 2018, or was it when he made mm-hmm. his return? Um, i remember thinking at the time they could have made more of this story that feud is rubbish right but like that's where the moment isn't followed up on but i think he has had enough moments to justify a, a sort of kind of you you took breadcrumbs and tried to really make something out of it yeah. like you really and that's ultimately what all of us should strive to do we're given an opportunity do everything we can to make it work and i think that's what the stands for. and it's that which is the reason i have that much respect for him he is A reliable hand, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with being a reliable hand. Mm -hmm.
1: You don't need to be Mister Five Star Wrestler. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be Mister Multiple Mania Main Events. I think being a solid hand is really a wrestling company needs that, and Mm -hmm. I think that's what he is. Yeah, and he delivers, and he does, and yeah. Um, anyway, let's get into what you thought uh, about this segment here in our alpha chat. So we're going to be kicking things off with Ben Vleric, who said, "Actually good. Surprised? Why? Ring work is mayor, and booking has been bad for years. But was there any doubt of his promo ability and charisma? He's great. He's great if serious and if given." He's great even if serious and if not, it's given crap material. It can be pretty funny too. Of course, oh no, this- he's great if serious and not given crap material. Right. Uh, can be pretty funny too. Otherwise, this was good. Wish WWE would stop teasing a serious Miz and just do it already. Man's done it all in WWE, so reliable. Reward him. Not saying make him a top star because they shouldn't, but come on. While not as great as the diehard fans claim, he can do better. He does deserve that. Totally different style of wrestler, but remember how Mark Henry was never a big deal until he finally was with the Hall of Pain? Took long enough. Same for The Miz again. Not saying world champ, but come on something anything better than the crap that he has been given um yeah like i i remember feeling like really bad for mjf when uh people kept saying like oh he's just the miss mm. like oh i'd love to see mjf versus the miss and i'm like man i couldn't think of two more diametrically opposed people in terms of wrestler I it's, think- and it's just and i think people write be why the reason why people can like, compare the two is because they're very good at talking
2: and i also i know i also think that they uh are hyper committed to their character or to to that kind of uh, obnoxious style i think which can sometimes rub people the wrong way i can see why the comparisons are there but i do think they're very different wrestlers mm.
1: i am um, yeah i mean a very good promo but eventually that bell has got to ring mm. and also i did see someone say this in the chat earlier i'm going to ask one of our moderators to, to fact check this because i'm very curious of what his win-loss record is this year
2: so i saw i saw on twitter one win and 33 losses that's this what year. I, I don't just know saw. if that's true yeah that's yeah. why i
1: want to check if we can get a fact checker on that because that means that he's won one match this year yeah which you yeah, know he did lose to snoop dogg at WrestleMania. He did. Well it was someone someone's got a cover for Shane. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's gonna get beat by Shane instead. Mm. Uh Charles Berg here said, While I find his in ring work to be largely uncompelling, I don't think it's a straight to say that the Miz is an orator when talking. That's really where he's in his element. I think his best work will come when he transitions to commentary or a manager. Commentary, I think, would be a really good place for the Miz. Heel commentator. Mm. I I think you could get to. Uh, less problematic Jerry Lawler levels of heel commentary. Mm.
2: I think that'd be a really good role for The Miz when he decides to step out of the ring, or I mean, like a a, a, a manager in the in the vein of a Bobby Heenan, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good shout. He's going to be there for a long time. Mm. Um, Bailey
1: Reichhardt said, "This is the third impression for The Miz. Uh, who did yeah. he impersonate the best? Rock, Cena, or L.A. Knight?" I don't remember any of the Rock Cena stuff. I because I think that LA Knight was speaking the truth last week when he said, "Man, yeah, the Miz talks about that main event match he had, but he was the third wheel in that feud because that match was just there to promote the fact it's gonna be Rock and Cena next year." It's well, it's dead right, and that's why but I that, find that so compelling. Which is why I think like it's the same with the uh, the second time he won the WWE title. Mm. It's like, oh, you're not, you're the third wheel here in Bobby versus Drew, right? Yeah, like you're, you are actually figuratively not important mm. but we're going to make you the champion even though we, you are basically literally not important in this storyline mm.
2: yeah which is them booking rather yeah. than him as a person uh, you uh, know, well, that's where oh, i always come oh dude
1: it. always always come back to that like it mm. is never a shot at uh, according to cage match he's 30 and one right. this year. maybe they're not counting Snoop Dogg. maybe <laughs> um yeah Always, if you're, if you're ever talking about how, like, I don't know like, a lot of it comes down to the booking. Mm. Uh, let's get into the show itself. Um, which kicked off with Sami Zayn versus Damien Priest, where they announced it's going to be Zayn and KO versus Priest and Balor, of the Judgment Day for the tag titles at Payback. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a very good match. Actually, I thought the action between these two was, was really good. Uh, they didn't main event for a change. And JD McDonough tripped Sami Zayn when he was set up to do the Hallufa kick and Priest hit the South of Heaven for the win. Mm-hmm. Very good. I like this as a little bit of continuation for the the story where they've been kind of doing for the last like four weeks now, which is that Judgment Day are only really picking up wins when JD is helping. Yeah, that's true. So you know, it's a it's a nice. I mean, it's 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 ground that we've covered before, but you just do it again. And like, if if we're not gonna, if we can't do this until after payback, then just repeat the spot again. Yeah. And I don't and I don't think there's anything wrong with that in particular. Uh, and then the crucial part of this is that obviously JD helped him. Damien Priest had a go at J.D. Mm. because like, I don't need your help, but you did. Demonstrably you do. You did. And then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beat up J.D. McDonough after the match, and Damien Priest did not run down to make the save. And he, you'll never guess, had an argument with Finn Balor backstage, and Rhea Ripley broke it up to say, we've been over this
2: before. Yeah. I, if I'm being completely honest... Go for it. I think this is the least satisfying way of weaving J.D. McDonough into this story. Like, I think... The idea of, I'm you're pointing that out there is is a nice little touch. They only get wins when JD helps sort of thing. But like, for instance, to see, maybe it's because it's just stale and we've seen it a bunch of times at this point, but if we'd seen like JD and Finn exist as a team, but the rest of the Judgment Day don't want to invite him in. Mm. And then at Payback, we have JD and Finn challenge for the titles, maybe even win them and have this sort of wrinkle of like, well, hang on, Finn, you're caught in the middle of two different you know teams here that for me is more satisfying narratively than this but i don't know how much of that is because i've seen it a bunch and i don't feel any forward momentum
1: yeah i mean to the, to the point of this uh we did a thing on june 6th we did yeah. a podcast on june 6th that was talking about the tease of finn balor and damian priest having their problems right. with for the breakup It was june 6th mm. it is
2: september next week
1: and to the and, and and i again i will i bring this up a lot that is
2: not long-term storytelling. That is a story that is taking a long time to take. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. Alongside, it's taking a long time to tell. And I think, um, to their credit, sometimes like in the lead-up to Money in the Bank or in the, the immediate fallout of Money in the Bank, um, and even, I suppose, in the lead-up to SummerSlam in a way, like as in, and when I say lead-up, I mean right close by when we're starting to fantasy book next steps, we get quite excited about it. There's, there was some interesting stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't think this is part of that interesting stuff to me, and I yeah. think the when you point about June all the way back,
1: yeah, he's awesome. been t- yeah, and I actually go back to May, which is when JD was first teased to be joining this group. Granted, mm. it was then dropped for uh, eight weeks while Vince McMahon was doing uh, creative instead. Um, but no, do keep telling me in the comments that I that he wasn't. Um, he wasn't what uh, doing stuff in creative. Gotcha. Um, it's just it's just coincidence that the second that Vince McMahon. Uh, can no longer be part of the creative process that JD McDonough's back in this uh, judgment day storyline and Candice Lorraine made it back to TV and the DIY teasers. You know, it's, I'm sure it's a coincidence. Anyway, backstage, Drew was uh, looking at a picture and a curator's hour walked up and laughed. And the reason why he laughed is because Matt Riddle had um, like a teenage fan girl had Photoshopped the uh, drew into Matt Riddle's gear. Mm. Uh, it's the sort of thing you'd find on deviant art. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Drew was like, look, we're not a team. We should really get on the same page before we uh, we'll say we're a team. And Matt Riddle convinces him that they should get front row seats for the New Day and Viking Raiders match. And when he says front row seats, he just means we're going to sit by commentary. Mm-hmm i have more on this later for this i had literally no notes i was like this was a segment that happened well raquel cut a promo on
2: read then we got the Miz segment and then we got the new day versus viking raiders so you can now give your thoughts on that great like. uh which was the um i mean first of all that match was long like it was entertaining it was a telly match but it was long it's about the Sami and priest match no i well both yeah i'm mean, a new day well, viking i felt I mean.
1: like a lot of like time was given um yeah i felt like a lot of time was given to this
2: mm. Are we on we're on new day, vacuum right? Sure am. Good, because uh, uh, it 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 wasn't un it wasn't bad. It just was uninteresting to me at this point in the show. Um, so then when we get to the actual story stuff, with the, the lawn darting of the chair from Drew McIntyre was brutal, and I loved it. Um, and maybe it was to do with the news and and the and of of the week and certain people working and, and maybe not feeling like ready to work or whatever. I don't know. That's why certain segments went along, maybe, but I like the season they're sewing here that McIntyre's got a bit of a temper, right? The idea that he's like, it was a little bit the same way when they were attacking him last week. It was like, wait until, you know, I tag him and then I can have my, my right go. He was angry at the Viking Raiders. He wants to take out the Viking Raiders. And in this moment, he, they threw Kofi, was it into? Yeah. Threw Kofi into Drew and a uh, Riddle at ringside. And so that made him snap and he ended up, launching this chair at ostensibly Eric, who moved out of the way and it landed on Xavier and really took him out. So that if he's constantly in Riddle's comedy nonsense, it might make him snap a little bit. Yeah. That's what probably leads to the hill turn. Yeah, and I and I don't want to like uh be then then complain when the thing that i have imagined in my head that might might not happen you know what i mean i don't want to i don't want to over egg the pudding or get ahead of myself but if that's what they're doing i think it's quite effective and i quite like it because we then get it again a little bit later on i, I really like new
1: day I'm glad to see New Day back as well, and Viking Raiders getting more of a serious push here after doing a lot of the comedy stuff with um, Alpha Academy. So, yeah, yeah, good good stuff from Viking Raiders, good stuff from New Day, and yeah, Drew just like decked woods with that chair. Mm. Um, they had a backstage segment about that later on, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, Finn and Priest have got to have a backstage <laughs> argument. Um, and Rhea steps in and literally says, "This happens every week. Yeah, I'm like you're telling me. Yeah. Try reviewing this show, Rhea." Um. And But she, this is the, the key point to this, crucial point, that I, hmm, I was about to say. I'll be amazed if it actually does pay off next week, but it probably will do. She says that if the Judgment Day don't all walk out with gold this coming Saturday at payback, then there are going to have to be some changes made around here. Mm. So that would require uh, Rhea to retain her Women's Championship against Raquel, which she likely will do. And it's going to require Judgment Day and Balor to pick up the tag titles, which they likely won't. Right. So next Monday, I guess, will be uh, maybe a Judgment Day summit, mm. a summit's day, um, <laughs> and they can talk about. Well, rig can lay out here's what we need to do to change. And I wonder if that change is just bringing JD into the group.
2: Yeah. Kicking one of them
1: out, bringing one of them in. I don't know. Really. I don't like, think they'll kick one out. Yeah. I, you know, the reports are that since they've split the blood, uh, since they split up the bloodline, that WWE are like, well, we need to keep Judgment Day around because we need a big faction. We need our big heel faction. Right. So I don't think they'd be kicking one of the members out. Mm. I think more likely what we'll find is just JD gets brought into the group and that's the change that we, that Rhea's talking about here. It's meant to make you think that someone's getting someone torn out, but actually it's just adding a new member in. Mm. And then the story will just be the conflict between Priest and JD.
2: Mm. i don't i didn't even think that far i just wrote this again (laughs)
1: yeah well it is yeah it is this again yeah
2: uh we got the beautiful tribute
1: to bray wyatt um uh, i as i said in the review uh i still have not quite processed Mm. uh you know we did the show on friday and even then like it still doesn't feel real Mm. and we did like the firefly thing at all in it still just doesn't feel real to me. No. My father in law said to me last night. I was like, "Oh, I heard a wrestler died, like really young." Yeah. And like, you know, he has no idea of wrestling. He had no idea what his name was. Just heard that it had happened. Probably because it was like,
2: you know, surprising n- news. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, still have not like I've not fully processed it yet. I don't think. No, I think I'm that stage of grief.
2: It was it. W- it was the when when the news broke late Thursday night. It was um, I, I was just going to bed and I didn't really i was like what i don't know it was your tweet of of the picture of brody and bray mm. that i was like why has he t- tweeted that and then i was like oh no and then i started looking and, and saw all the news and just was like going to bed my brain was just so sad and it coming hot off the heels of terry funk the thing that that was really striking me the most was that with terry funk it was sad he was old like there was a lot of stories a, l- a lot of grainy footage a lot of history a lot of a lot of things where we were we we were celebrating the legacy of this person who you know had had a good run Mm -hmm. and bray hadn't had the opportunity to get to that stage of life yet and that was something that it felt devastating to me and the whole whole rest of the next day i was just watching things and and i watched back his return the smackdown after extreme rules which still gives me chills that i think the the music in particular for that for the the last run that we had of the character shatter, yeah. shatter is, is both uplifting and terrifying in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like there's certain, the certain, the music is eerie, but the vocals are yearning and, and they're saying things like, you know, love one another and all of that stuff that's in there. Um, he tried so much stuff and not all of it landed but he never didn't try it like mm-hmm. he was fearless as a creative and i love this art form and he saw it in ways that i never could he the way i i, I said it, he painted with colors that i can't conceive do you know yeah. what i mean he he was on a whole other level um and yeah over the weekend it was in a weird way nice that we could be a community to sort of find our ways to celebrate him mm-hmm. um yeah
1: yeah Debo. um Please do continue to watch the video because everything that we make from that uh, video, of course, is being yes. uh, donated to the family. Um, I, th- I found the weekend interesting as well, sort of like both the Friday and the Saturday of seeing wrestling fans' different stages of grief mm. and coming to terms with it. And the ones that turn to anger very early on, mm. which is a, a perfectly acceptable part of grief. It, but it was then i felt bad for the people that they were being angry against
2: i didn't see much anger
1: i yeah like poor old denise got a lot of the uh the, oh the I see. runs of, of people's anger while they were trying to come to terms with what happened. i got right. a little bit of anger on uh on instagram because mm. someone said i was trying to profiteer off of uh his death by doing the podcast and i was like, right which was is like, the
2: opposite yeah well, i said
1: literally in the video i said that all the money is being um, donated mm. and they were like, you were not clear about that. And I was like, I don't know how much clearer I could have been, but that's not, I, I don't, you know, I'm not showing any ill will to that person who was having a, a problem. You're right. That. Cause it's a, part a, of grief. It's part of grief. It's part of, and I think a lot of wrestling fans really to turn to anger quite quickly uh, on that so I found that to be quite an interesting, like if I was you know ever in, involved in psychology in any way, like I would probably look at that as a study and mm. try and like you know and and I think you'd probably le- learn a lot of interesting things
2: it's because it was so i think the other reason people it's because it was so not out of the blue because there had obviously been the reports of how ill he'd been earlier yeah. in the year but it but it is a jolt, like it. The news recently was that there was it was looking good. It was looking like maybe good. it was a return. We were talking about like, will he be part of Cody's story? What will this be? What yeah. will this be? um So I think yeah, people just there was a lot of raw shock. I mm-hmm. think of for course people. It was, yeah. So yeah, I'm not surprised that you're still processing. I'm I'm still processing, and it's it's just so sad because it feels so senseless. Mm, yeah, thirty six years old, like it's no age. Yeah, and so like
1: it it's hard to process that. And try and work out what that means yeah. as a young man with a young family like what does that mean for, for everyone involved mm. but yeah very very tragic um awkward segue into uh back to back to raw uh kofi was chatting with drew and riddle backstage because mm-hmm. like kofi came out of the uh, the, the doctor's room
2: and- have we settled on muck riddle by the way I don't know. I thought, I mean, some people in the comments were using airheads because it's... Airheads are still good, Glass but they said on commentary that Riddle had written down McRiddle. Okay. Which I feel like they're going to get a lawsuit.
1: I feel like McRiddle is probably uh, the name that it is then. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Kofi was, uh, came in and he said, like Drew apologized to Kofi and being like, like, I didn't mean to do that. And because... uh, excuse me, Kofi is not a stupid babyface, he was like, no, I know. It, yeah. was, it was an accident. It's like, I know yeah. you weren't aiming for him. And they said, it's all cool. And Drew said that they want to sort this out next
2: week. and They're going to have a tornado tag with the, uh, the Viking Raiders next week. The bit that I liked here, which does edit even more into this idea, is that he said, specifically, he said, I'm going to make sure I don't have to tag in, which is like, I don't want to be in a tag team. Yeah. He's been quite abundantly clear he doesn't necessarily want to be in a tag team at all so oh god i'm breaking everything you really what you need took that out it's fine everything's fine so i liked that as a little um little little nugget in this potential turn that Mm -hmm. we're getting
1: Ludwig Kaiser took on Chad Gable. They had a very good match until Giovanni Vinci, the big prick, ruined it and caused the DQ. Um, the Gunther Gable match is going to happen next week. Yes. It's not happening on the pay-per-view. I think that's a smart move. It's already a six-match card and Triple H likes to, as you said before, keep them... Keep them trim, Keep them trim. So, um, yeah, well, uh, it's going to be on Raw next week.
2: Also, I think it's a good way because it bolsters out Raw and it bolsters out SmackDown as well. And also, it allows them to do that... Um, uh, blah, 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 blah new day end of the rain thing you know the, the when it was them versus the usos for mm-hmm. the tag titles and it was like if you win this you will get the record yeah, yeah. it basically makes it if G- if gunther is able to beat gable mm-hmm. he gets the record yeah. if he but but crucially gable has a victory over gunther so who's it going to be so it's got that kind of flavor to it um i think and and, and like there there is no i think it it's smackdown the day of smackdown is when he's got the record so it's yeah. like there's no show beyond that. Yeah. cole
1: made that point on commentary he said that if he can beat gable next week that basically guarantees him yeah. the record and they were putting over you know it's the record or bust next week mm. which i think is a, is a really nice story i didn't like the ending of this with the dq yeah yeah like, the it match was, went like 18 minutes yeah it was long it was long really long and then it just ended in, the, in, a, in a dq finish and you know i get the are I, I think we're protecting ludwig kaiser in all of this like i don't know is like, well, not a, what they're there for well that's what we thought but then we also were also saying like i'd like them to get a little bit more i'd like them to not be yeah. to, like bebop and rocksteady i suppose so but you know yeah maybe don't book the match then yeah um but yeah like gable gable got the win technically via dq and then imperium killed him after
2: the match mm. it was just um,
1: give you a bit of a gable hope spot going into next week of like they
2: laid him out on the go home show before that their match so it's, but i hope spot is is I'm almost like give him a another big guy. You know, there's another big guy on this card who's in a match that I didn't care about. Well, I guess you want to protect Bronson Reed. I don't know. Like I don't feel like they protected Bronson Reed in that match at all. No, well, I'm just thinking give Gable someone big to beat. That's a and much it, much better idea. Also, doesn't mean that's what champer and Reed again. <laughs> not that I'm complaining about seeing Kaiser versus Gable at any stage. By the way, it was very good. Yeah, and there was a sort of flip DDT thing. You know, like um mercedes monet's finisher where she sort of does the flip and then and then they went for that didn't quite land properly but there was a bit i loved in particular where gable like almost speared on the ground kaiser into the pin That idea of keep on him get the pin which i really liked so yeah i think it would have been a much better and much more effective lead in to just let him beat someone else big yeah i think this is the right move for it to be on raw it yes. would, would have been lovely to be on the pay per you, but I
1: think you're right. I think the timing of it makes more sense to do it on Raw. Mm. Uh, Rollins came out for a promo and said he wanted to cut straight to the chase and call out Nakamura. But instead, we got another Nakamura video package, mm-hmm. uh, the same way that kind of the same one we got last week with, you know, talking in Japanese with the subtitles and stuff. Very cool, very cool presentation for us. And they made it feel like Nakamura was not there. Because Rollins was like, is that what we're getting? We're just getting a video promo. Like, and then he started cutting his promo. And Nakamura then attacked him from behind, targeting his back, of course. And then he left. Mm. As a go-home segment for the World Heavyweight Championship, this was underwhelming.
2: Yeah, so there were good things in this, right? So, for instance, first of all, love the suit. The suit was beautiful. Loved it loads. And I also liked that Seth's hair was down and unkempt it kind of gave this idea of uh, his drip is like it's become a real part of who he is and this whole presentation and the Mm -hmm. swagger and sing my song but it's just a little hint that he's a bit rattled in this moment he's still giving us the presentation but shinsuke has got to him and i kind of liked that as a thing then obviously the shinsuke's segment the video was really great where it suffered for me was i was like Cause yeah, you don't believe he's gonna win the belt, not at all, and I don't either. Wouldn't it have been better for us to have this for a little while, like to build? Because it feels a shame to then waste this character. Do you know what I mean? Because it's because it's really well, working for me. It's, I mean, it's fine because they're gonna do this for another couple of pay per views. Like this isn't well, between gonna be Seth and Nakamura. Shinsuke? Yeah, probably. Well, I suppose
1: so. Yeah, like, you know they got they got Fastlane before we get to Survivor Series. They'll probably do Nakamura Rollins too there.
2: Oh, they have announced Fastlane, haven't they? Yeah. That would be a shame. Yeah, we got two pay per views with Bala. Do too with Nakamura. More fool me, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I like I like this Shinsuke character so much, and I don't I don't want him to lose because it, for me, when more fool me, wins and losses don't matter. But like, i, I you know what I'm trying to say. I yeah. think I think it would have been really interesting had he, like, let's say he met when he was drafted to Raw rather than just coming back as Nakamura of oh. surfing and uninterested. Mm this had been a new presentation. He'd had a little, or maybe like this had been part of the feud with Champa. This has been part of the feud with uh, Ricochet that had built him to being a contender and allowed you to think maybe he would win.
1: Uh, We had Sammy and Kevin Owens, uh, Kevin Owens cutting a promo announcing that it's going to be a street fight at payback. Sure. And they said they're going to end this once and for all. Uh, So I will believe that when I see it. Let's hope so. Tommaso Champa then beat Bronson Reed in under five minutes. Um, Crowd were kind of dead through a lot of this not a good crowd for this show yeah not, not ideal not ideal they were not into this i think this crowd got tired in the third hour because they were not into this they were not into rhea ripley and um raquel no nope. and they were not into the main event either they got there but not not yeah enough and so it was chamfer and reed uh reed attacked Champa before the match and they battered each other you know they made the most of your know, maximize their minutes out of the five that they got and Champa picked up the win and michael Cole was like oh he
2: stole that picture i was like I think felt like he won that fairly legitimately. They were in matching gear. That's one of the notes I, I oh, wrote really? down. They were both wearing black and orange. I,
1: my question is, what, why would the Gargano stuff? Because, like... Well... The, well the, 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 was that on telly? Yeah, so, okay, so yes that there's two parts of this one you're right because the stuff of the missing posters was yeah. a social media thing and i remember saying let's not get excited about this until it becomes a tv thing of him putting up the missing posters I actually thought that's what drew was looking at at first with mm. uh, with um uh Tazawa. but b he did say yesterday like you know sort of tease the is coming in diy got to oh he it. said you gotta do it yourself got to do it yourself and i thought that like you know if he's like looking for him and he's missing maybe you can, can remove that one and it's like surely if you want to tell the story of like he needs to get johnny gargano to come in so they can be a team again i have bronson reed beat yeah him, and then he needs johnny gargano to kind of like help him lift his spirits but like he doesn't need gargano at this point he beat bronson reed mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know everyone beats bronson reed
2: a card i couldn't but you know
1: like it's i i, I feel a like bronson reed probably could have
2: won here barrett was talking about them looking for success on raw and how this win is champa moving up in the world which i thought was a generous reading of the situation <laughs> but yeah that's an interesting interesting point I, I mean i the do it yourself thing felt more like a reference than an explicit this is coming and and because of what we do and because of the community we are mm. obviously going to read into that um and then make several leaps and several bounds um i guess you one could make the argument this is like okay that's that line drawn under that one and now but i'll believe it when i see it you know i have a feeling
1: that this is sort of like a spinning wheels bit it felt like both guys were spinning wheels i made the joke about this felt like a feud on cooldown but some dicks played a power card against you so you Mm. had to book this match um that we're just waiting for miz to finish up with la Knight, so you can get miz and reed back together and that's how you do the diy thing and then
2: you can do diy as the first feud we started that months ago what like, well, as 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 it, as we, it, we started jd months ago mate. no and that's true that's true i, I meant reed and why wouldn't just whatever <laughs> i don't <laughs> whatever. know yeah like, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sense as to why to and Jamie just beat bronson reed there should be psychological studies into us spending time trying to logistic Maybe. everybody else uh
1: not kathy this this was the part of the show that really felt like a um uh dynamites they just put all the women into one like half yeah. hour segment yeah, <laughs> they did it's like, on dynamite it's just you know one 15 minute segment But mm. this was like a one half hour segment here are all the women um because no tag titles on this show nope. this week um nope. nope kathy interviewed becky who got a promo on zoe stark at their main event and then rhea ripley coming out uh, came out for a promo pointing out that raquel Rodriguez is not rhea bloody ripley um, Dominic Di- Dominic Diamonds, that's a good host of Games Master. Dominic Mysterio needs to shave those sideburns. <laughs> he proper looks like the lad from The Simpsons when he keeps getting asked to shave the sideburns. So he just keeps shaving upwards. He's shaved all of his sideburns because he's got this like you know cack mullet like. Right. And yeah, it, I, I said the same thing about Mark Davis of Aussie Open. He looks like the lad from The Simpsons who was told to shave his sideburns. I don't watch The Simpsons. Why is Why aren't you Tempest? <laughs> Tempest would have really enjoyed that joke. Sure, there are people there who really enjoy that joke. Um. I actually, despite the fact that the crowd were not into this because they do not buy Raquel Rodriguez actually right. beating Rhea Ripley for the belt, there was some good in this, which is that Raquel, like they kept putting it over, no one can stand toe-to-toe with Rhea Ripley, no one can overpower Rhea Ripley. And Raquel did it twice in this segment, one of which was overcoming interference or, or mm-hmm. distraction from Dominic Mysterio. So, like, in terms of setting up a story of she actually can overpower Rhea Ripley, good. That's a thumbs up. Mm. The problem is just that no one buys any of the rest of it.
2: Yeah. I um, think it's, uh, okay, equal opportunity whinging. Um, the, the thing that we were talking about with, like, All In or, or whatever, or any of, the, any of the women's divisions in either of the major companies so far, is it is the idea of how you book them and how you present them and it's this circle of that's how the audience takes them like the audience can't buy them as legit big time if you aren't presenting them as legit big time and that is not just women to be clear that's that's men as well so uh, the crowd there was absolutely no heat here which is not the crowd's fault nor is it the women's fault because this feud hasn't really been that I can tell you why they're having a fight because, you know, Rhea has been like lording it all over the women's division. She hurt Liv. Just, she hurt Liv and she injured Liv and she tried to take out Raquel as well. So I can tell you why they're feuding, which is a plus. Thank you for that one. But also um, this segment and the video package did more to get over Rhea uh, Raquel as a threat than any of the story previously because it showed her working out and how she's big and she's strong just like Rhea Ripley um, and I and I and in the way that we'd had Rhea running through the women's division I almost wish we had Raquel running through so instead of it being an injury storyline was there a legitimate injury at any stage? I don't think not so not to live there is but to Raquel just, yeah I think it was just to keep them off the SummerSlam card well just accept that they're not going to be on the SummerSlam card and, and, and build them elsewhere I don't know for me it's like give us we we need as fans something to buy into um, which is the like almost polar opposite of the main event where we've been given too much mm-hmm. of the same. Yeah. Right. So I'm looking forward to the match between Rhea and Raquel. Um I hope they really deliver. I think they both deserve to showcase what they've got. Uh, Trish and Zoe then cut a promo. I wrote free her. I was <laughs> like free Trish, free Trish Stratus, free Becky Lynch. Uh,
1: and WWE announced that they and the NFL have uh, signed a merchandise deal uh, to Absolute do like
2: scandal to actually. do title
1: belts uh, that are sort of like around uh, football teams. There were 32 of these belts available, but there are now only 31 of them because the Jacksonville
2: Jaguars won has been removed. And because tribalism knows no bounds, whoever you ask, it's either because Triple H, specifically Triple H, by the way, <laughs> was like, no, I don't want that. They can't make any money. Yeah. The, the man who is in charge of this company. I right. <laughs> or Tony Khan himself being like, take that down. Take yeah, that down. Yeah. Because I don't want to make money. Like, because he'll make money. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. But, the other thing that in the middle, two sides of the story and the truth, even if those stories are complete nonsense, the middle version is they were just sold out quite quickly, which I don't believe either, because I, I, I don't think anyone's that big of a fan of the Jacksonville Jags
1: either. That or people realized it was almost going to become a collector's item right and bought one of that's bought, interesting bought them up as a so but i don't think that is also the case because i think it would have been still on the website but it listed as sold mm. out whereas it was just removed completely and while it was still saying 32 items are being shown there was only 31 on the yeah. screen
2: who who knows but let, let's probably not ding triple h specifically hey, for it, this triple h isn't making that call right like, who who in their
1: right mind thinks that that's a also, triple h call
2: even even well, no, I was gonna say even Vince McMahon like just likes making money. I don't even think he'd do it, but yeah. like maybe he would. He is actually kind of petty. But I don't know. He's too busy probably restocking on just for men while he's got his back in a cast. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That is that is quite a mad thing to to suggest. Um.
1: So there was a comment that I just saw something in the live chat there that say that uh, they came buried fans for talking about uh, people bringing up the talking smack things from years ago, but it's quite happy to bring up the fact that Reed once beat Okada. I was like, that was, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so being, burying fans for saying it. It's just that I, I think it's a funny it, observation. But, no, but this is but to to that point and kind of what I was talking about here with, to bring us back on topic a little bit with Rhea and Raquel is that it the there was no heat from this crowd, which is not me burying the crowd. It's burying the creative. Mm. When you talk about people, keep bringing up talking smack. It's not burying the fans for that. They didn't do anything else. Yeah. Like It's burying the creative. But, yeah. Let's be specific with who we're burying. Triple H ain't our fault for this Jacksonville Jags Jackson thing. You guys ain't our fault for bad booking. Yeah, because Triple H really is the top of this tree now.
1: Don't <laughs> only trips. Uh, they announced that Grayson Waller is going to have a talk show segment on Payback with Cody Rhodes. Uh, I actually called this in three count.
2: Yeah.
1: I said, Grayson Waller, more talk shows. And then I said, Cody Rhodes makes entrance pop.
2: Do you think, you know, John Cena's now here for like seven Smackdowns. Yeah. Brand split doesn't mean anything. Uh, no, but you put him on the bigger show. I just mean Grayson Waller. Uh, could you see a Cody Rose John Cena? Because uh, yeah. Cody, Cody re- kind of requested it from John. And I'm a little bit like, what do we do with Cody? Hmm. Oh, John Cena's back for seven weeks. It's either him or LA Knight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, quite, I mean, I just want to see John Cena's the man I want to face. It's Cody Rhodes. <laughs> man, I pick a Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I pick Daniel Bryan. I just had that in my head. We reviewed SummerSlam 2013 for Rest Talk Extra, and Dan just kept doing his impression <laughs> of John <laughs> Cena picking, <laughs> and picking Daniel Bryan as his
2: opponents. It doesn't sound anything like John Cena. The
1: seventh man is Daniel Bryan. The seventh man is Daniel
2: Bryan. <laughs> I pick Daniel Bryan.
1: <laughs> oh, robot man. Um, great video package for Terry Funk. Yeah, uh, lovely, lovely video package. Like you said, a that wonderful grainy footage. Yeah, it's it's very different to the Bray Wyatt one because like that is really like you know they they show like the rocking chair with everyone doing the five mm-hmm. So it's a very different style. This is Legends talking about the great that he did. Yeah, and you know we, when we talked about this on Thursday after he passed, we talked about on the Dynamite review um, that one of the great like not great things but like one of the nice things is just been wrestlers sharing their stories like Mm. oh this is my terry funk story or like Mm. this is my terry funk moment like that was that was just like it's been really nice yeah i got that in this video package yeah it's lovely um and then we had our main events of becky lynch and zoe stark in a falls count anywhere match and they showed tiffany stratton in the crowd um the crowd were yeah dead for this match which i think is unsurprising in a way Um, but i i have a a fundamental problem with this match okay so this match was designed to let you know that the stipulation this sunday matters which is that trish cannot run away Mm. from becky and b it keeps zoe stark from interfering well in this match, they kind of nailed one of those points mm. because she was whacking her with a kendo stick and Trish ran away. She ran away. It's like, right. well, Trish won't be able to do that this Saturday because it's a cage match. That's lovely. But Trish then just came back anyway and it's then, because of that, it means that the second idea of this, that it keeps Zoe Stark out, falls down because Becky then just beat them in a two-on-one handicap match. Right. So this served, this This sort of tried to do two things and it managed to fail at both of them.
2: Yeah i i i can't argue with that so uh, the only way that i can really respond to this match is to remove myself from the nonsensical logistical <laughs> black holes that they put themselves in because they refuse to finish the story i didn't mean to do that um and just and just say it was a very fun main event which it was, <laughs> which it was. and I, I actually want to give a lot of credit in various places to this match because rem- you are dead right on that like there's no argument against that that's exactly the truth and and thank you uh, and i i'm i, I takes one to know one um (laughs) but like it was it was a really entertaining match and i think one of the best things to come out of this never-ending story is uh the chemistry between zoe stark and and yeah becky lynch they have it has
1: raised zoe's profile massively
2: yeah it's got a massive rub and i think if i'm not wrong and i'm happy to be corrected zoe's beaten becky yeah, she's yeah, she's
1: beaten. Patricia's
2: yeah. never really been able to on her own. She hasn't done on her own, no. Right. Whereas, but I think, has. but I think Zoe even beat Becky with the help with of, a bit of trish help? Okay, right. fine Regardless, Zoe but has either, a win. way, over Zoe Becky. has got a win over Becky, and, it, and it's lifted her up in a big way. And I think it's got to show off what she's got. And when you contrast it to the singles matches, even the ones that have gone a bit nonsense, um we talked about it last week do some smoke and mirrors or whenever it was that they had that match on raw Ah. that was completely um well this has become the cody Rhodes half hour Um, but it wasn't on the show we've got to try and mention him somehow It wasn't i missed him um the the smoke and mirrors of like uh do do a brawl over the arena whatever Mm. like that's what they should have done because the match with trish was sloppy on raw and it worked here in a big way um kendo sticks are ubiquitous at the moment during the hardcore match on smackdown that wasn't a hardcore match it just was a match which was i guess no dq i kept thinking about all the nonsense plunder of the attitude era like the stop signs and the cookie sheets and the and the where's he got that bowling ball from and all these things that were under the ring and i was looking for that kind of chaos and now all we have are kendo sticks tables and the occasional chair yeah that's really the only thing that i don't know if it's a pg thing but i'm like i'd love to have some of that nonsense back in yeah here just, that's that's what's been programmed
1: into the into the ring uh physics yeah I don't, of wwe
2: can we have well, one
1: or two stop signs i mean we were talking about this with uh after all in like maggie was asking uh, maggie from fight was asking us like you know what was the things that they put into john moxley's head at all In? We we're yeah. like oh it was skewers and then she was like why were they under the ring i was like it's pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, and like,
2: they put them there in an ideal world. You should just be able to believe that under the ring is a random item generator or like a 3d printer. And you just go, yeah. I want those skewers. And then you're yeah. ready to go. Um, but I'm like, I'd, I'd love a little bit more. I'd love a little bit more, but they used what they had. I think really, really well, Trish throwing the chair and hitting Zoe. I don't know whether or not that was planned or not, but um it kind of gave me this idea that like Zoe's starting to outgrow Trish a little bit. Um And i liked that as an idea zoe then is giving this whole you don't deserve tables this absolute heel stuff because we were going to get tables in abundance later on in the match so it was kind of that delaying gratuity thing she's really got it like she's really got something about her and and i'm really happy to see it and then the last five minutes of the match i thought were really good it feels like the crowd picked up yeah it feels like they, they went right we're in it now last hurdle because the crowd got to see some table stuff they they love that pick up for it they love that but also like the 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 girls themselves are like right we've got our final match on Sunday. Like when we, they've both talked about how they're ready for it to be over. Like Trisha said, I've had a wonderful time, but I'd love to work with some other people. And do so. sounds like she's sticking around. Like from what she's saying, great. she wants to do more stuff. And I do think great. Trish and Zoe against Chelsea and Piper. Oh, like that. Like that's a great tag team Hello. to have in the division. Yeah. Or, yeah and, and a tag team does protect Trish from, from the sloppiness because she does do well in these smoke and mirror situations. I think she really threw herself at the money in the bank match. She'll probably really throw herself at this steel cage match. And she threw herself into this, moment because there was the there was the action onto the table there was the great shot it was shot from below and had like a light in the background and they're trading right hands on this platform and their hairs flying all over the place and it looks super cool and then you're going for the double bulldog but they fight back out trish accidentally gets knocked off takes a hard bump by the way kind of clean misses the table and lands Mm -hmm. lands flat and there's that always brilliant shot of both zoe and becky sitting there going like oh my god what was that which then turns into this manhandle slam off the top, which has that beautiful Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era momentum, like slamming all mm. the way down. It felt like it really had speed and pace behind it. And it was it was great. I thought it looked brilliant. That final five minutes, I, I went back and watched it again, really good. And then after the match was over, after the broadcast was finished, Becky got on the mic and shared that uh, story of Bray White. You're talking about personal stories with Terry Funk the reason she was holding bray's armband up in the air and being so emotional was she shared the story that before her first tlc match she didn't know how to put up tables she didn't know what she was doing with tables and and Wyndham rotunda bray wyatt had specifically taken time out of his schedule to teach her and help her and guide her through and even on the day he had his own match and um made a point of of uh, really being there to guide so it felt like it the the table fest yeah. was in a, in a way her own personal tribute that's nice which that's I thought really was really lovely, lovely. really lovely um, she and was yeah, very emotional at the end of this she match was. When she was
1: holding up the, uh, the Bray Wyatt
2: arm she out. was um, and I just yeah I, I I don't know I really enjoyed this last five minutes of this match in many ways I thought it was brilliant <laughs> cannot wait for this <laughs> feud to be over yeah look like, honestly logic holes aside
1: of which were vast good match yeah good match great finish yeah um not a spectacular go-home angle. No, um, but the go-home angle was five weeks ago. <laughs> well, that's very true. It's not a spectacular go-home angle because it actually ruins the stipulation somewhat. Mm. Um, but it's, you know good stuff hey I this. when you're given lemons <laughs> buy a t-shirt i guess so uh and yeah and then that was the show uh, i gave it three out of five i think i was slightly generous it i think was, you were
2: too I, i'm like i'm like here
1: yeah it was, a, it was a just a fine episode like it was i i kind of said in the review that after like the sadness that we had on on friday smackdown as a wonderful tribute show it was it was back to business as usual yeah perspective and, and that and that business is mid episodes of RAW, um, which should be better because they're supposed to be go home shows for a pay-per-view. I think there's there doesn't feel like a lot of momentum going into payback. This feels like quite a little forgotten pay-per-view. Yeah. It, but, uh, <sighs> but there's there's no really like I was looking, you know, up and down the card. And there's nothing I could point to being like, oh that's the obvious main event. Because it won't be Rhea and Raquel because I'd imagine you'll have Rhea and Raquel earlier in the night because Mm. Rhea wins. So that sets up. Well, now it's on Balor and Priest
2: to win those belts and like,
1: you know, fulfill on, on Rhea's request. We
2: are sort of entering, forgive me. The gooch of the year. We're entering the perineum. It's like not a lot goes on. Well, it's the SummerSlam lull. the SummerSlam lull
1: is real. Yeah, in much the same way that the post-Mania lull is real. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, Um, Yeah. we got like we'll go through this month, maybe a month and a half, and then we'll kind of kick back up into uh, Survivor Series, and probably once we get past past Fastlane, I guess
2: Payback was always going to suffer from the post All In. Like, you know, whether or not you're an AEW fan, like that was a that was a huge moment in professional wrestling. So it was always gonna not be the main focus of attention. So I'm kind of like, Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Have a nice time, I'm sure.
1: Well, yeah, uh, let us know what you thought of the show. We've got a poll up in the live chat, but if you're watching on VOD, please do leave a comment down below as we get into the rest of your Alpha chats. The Guilty Hat here says, Look, I'm a Miz guy. I'd happily tell you plenty of good things he's done between talking smack and now, but the highest praise I can give is the man does his job without complaint or drama, no matter what it is, Puts the professional in Professional Wrestler. Very true. Mm. Her Business Sue said, maybe I appreciate the Miz more because I'm an older wrestling fan. It was more about entertainment and character work than actual wrestling and storylines. Maybe he's 35 years too late. I thought last night was hilarious and was a bullseye. I was a bullseye. I can't think yeah. of that. I mean, I'm an older wrestling fan. Um, but I was getting, uh, however, with that, I was also uh, in my 20s when the Miz came in and I was a part of the
2: forums that were all just mm. like, this dude sucks. Yeah. And, you know, in fairness, he did. But he did get better. And I'm not an old wrestling fan. I'm a young and youthful 23 years old.
1: Uh, Matt Hennessy here said, I enjoyed Raw. Uh, while there was one decision I questioned overall, I did enjoy it. I think they added some intrigue into the tag titles with uh, on Saturday with Rhea telling Finn and Priest. If you don't win, there'll be big changes. Uh, really puts Rhea over as the leader of Judgment Day and adds a little bit of unpredictability to the tag title match beforehand. I assumed that Zayn and Owens were winning but with the no DQ stip added, plus Rhea threatening both Finn and Damien. Uh, I... Uh, placed along with Sammy and KO, both working with injuries, makes me think that we could be in for a change. Now, the one thing I wasn't crazy in the role was the progression of the DIY story. WWE and Champa, um, over the last month on TV and social media, have been teasing a DIY reunion, which is great. But why have Champa beat Reach? Well, it's the story to be Champa can't find his instinct that he had in NXT and it takes a return Johnny Gargano to help him find it. But now we've seen him uh, seen him win on his own. What story are we telling with DIY now? If I was booking this, I'd love to see Champa go on a mini losing streak, have a crisis of confidence, and then have Johnny Gargano return to help him find his. Way and in Killer Instinct. Then Chamber can beat Reed, and with Johnny by his side in the tag division, he finds his Killer Instinct. Um,
2: if there's going to be a, an interference in the title match to put the belts on Finn and uh, Finn and Priest, it's JD McDonough rather than Reed. JD, and, and yeah, Dom, yeah, because that's that's that then pays that off.
1: I am. Um, I, I, I get. I take Matt's point there. They could add a bit of predictability. If anything, I thought it actually nailed on that Owens and Shane were retaining. Okay. Right. As opposed to, oh, I wonder if they'll win now. Mm. I, I never got that from this, and I think part of that is they are, you know, running through the story. And I think the intrigue going into going into Monday will be what is next for the Judgment mm. Day. Now that has laid down this this promise, also B, I feel like Sammy and KO haven't done anything with the belts yet, and like, I kind of want them to have a a better run with the belts.
2: Yeah, because I was thinking like they have maybe losing them is the it frees them, but then also like. They've had a couple of defenses, mm. and not. Lo- I mean, they've been hampered a little bit by KO's legitimate injury, but like. That's not to blame for all of the hampering. Vengeance V1 said, it was a pleasure meeting you on the way to
1: Rev Pro Luke. And yes, I was that ginger guy, losing his mind at seeing you all. Moving on from that, though, I thought this role was the uh, build to the baby. was a bit weak. I don't know if that's just me. Not just you, mate. Uh, I honestly thought the uh, same thing, but also pleasure meeting you as well. Pleasure meeting anyone who came up and and said hello to us uh, over the weekend. It was so lovely. Mm. Uh, The Defy show. There was a lad who um, wanted a photo taken at the Defy show. Uh, and he's like i've got short arms can you do it because it was me me him and pete and I, Pete, was like well luke's got the longest arms so i put my hand out and then uh he didn't have his camera like the the, the buttons on the yeah. side to be the, the clicker ah uh, to like take the photos and then he's like no it's on the other side and i kept locking the screen because that was the lock button and he was like no no what i mean is like you need to press the camera button in the middle so it's really like awkward like you've got to up your selfie game
2: I gave up myself. I'm pretty good with the old. No, yeah, you gotta be... This is the thing. What I've learned over years of conventions is that you have to know how every single camera, <laughs> every <laughs> single phone, every single... Like, you haven't... You, there's no choice. Yeah. You have to work it out. In my, in my defense... I would
1: say that when people were asking for selfies with us over the weekend, they just did it themselves. Yes, most I've, often. I've just got a pose there and you know, throw up a two sweet and they go like, hey, like, that's, that's, all I, that's my role in all of this. Um, I, if you hand me a phone, I don't know, mate. <laughs> I said four in a couple of years. You also time. have to learn where every camera is
2: because otherwise yeah, you look a little lo- bit. You're looking
1: around for yeah. that, that front-facing camera. Yeah. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I very much enjoyed uh, meeting everyone over the weekend. It was really, really nice. Mayor of Dan said, hello, Luke and other younger Dan. Though I am glad we finally met. Uh, excuse me. Hope you guys are well. I finally returned home to Germany. That was very disgusting. Actually it came, was. That came out of nowhere. I'm really, really apologetic about <laughs> that. It's okay. Like, I thought I'd stifled... It, in my throat. Yeah. And then it just popped out. <laughs> it
2: just happened.
1: It just is like, like Ray right at the end of Ghostbusters. Like I couldn't help it. lads It just, on popped, tour. It just popped in there. The, rest, like, the rest just,
2: Talk lads cast. It just popped out of my mouth. A little <laughs> burp. I usually say that for after dark. You do. Or what you don't know is the second we go off air, he just lets out a minute long one. It's actually quite uncomfortable. Um, anyway, Dan
1: said, Finally returned home to Germany. I wish you guys nothing but the best. My heart goes out to you. About Raw... Where is Dexter Loomis? Didn't he film in a telly show? Uh, well, he was on a telly show, yeah. yeah. Maybe he's still there. Or maybe he's just... Well, isn't that like John Cena's only on SmackDown because of the writer's strike and... He's just got free time. Well, yeah, he's got time to kill. Like, as well. it's, it's you know coming at a good time for WWE. Where are you, Dwayne? There's a, there's a writer's strike and uh, there's no Roman Reigns. So it's actually come at a really good time. We <laughs> can rub... yeah can bring upadoo. Anson Reinhardt has been in Memburg for seven months in a row, he said had a busy weekend, so I couldn't watch any of the live podcasts. I just want to say how much I loved the tribute to Bray. It still doesn't feel real that he's gone. Yeah. Great. Cameron said, Hey guys, today's my twenty-fourth birthday. I was excited to lay in bed and listen to the pod, but nothing really happened. So I'll leave you with a pun. Watch the three count. All I could think about was when Ollie got to cross and anyone who he's feuded with has suffered the cross. Sequences. It's just such a stretch. Um Cameron's thing or the, the, the carrying cross fancy booking? No cross sequences. You don't like cross-sequences? That's a stretch. I could easily see a wrestler who has cross as a last surname naming that as their finisher. Carrion sequences. That's worse. It's not, there's no good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no good answer, and that one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> cross sequences it's just such a reach. Cross sequences. I know I say do. it with me. No. <laughs> Cross-sequences. The more you say it, no. <laughs> Chris here said I uh, just want to say an awesome weekend of course it did start bad with uh, Bray's passing but the uh, the memorials on Smackdown and Raw and All In made me proud to be a wrestling fan which isn't always the case and I'm sure he is smiling down on us all Um, what do you think the idea that they should try and carry on the story with Bo and Alexa or should his legacy be more like Eddie's where people like Alexa Braun and Bo um, if he still wants to go to some of his moves like Sister Abigail Manipal Thor, and the Spider
2: Walk I always think using a move is a really lovely tribute
1: I think so as well like yeah. if Alexa Bliss added Sister Abigail to her repertoire yeah. like that becomes her new finish yeah I think that's the right way to do it what you don't want to do is unfortunately like you know using Eddie as the example Mm. of using it as a storyline on TV yes that would be WWE did go really far yeah and really try I mean they were in a period of time where they were trying to like push the boundaries and Mm. be a bit edgy and stuff but yeah, I, a lot of the Eddie stuff did make a lot of people very uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, no. You know, and it wasn't the uh,
1: worst promotional tactic of the most disgusting promotional tactic of the year in The, in the Observer, because they were just doing multiple storylines about Eddie Guerrero passing. Yeah. Uh, so I would rather they don't. Yeah. But I like the idea of, say, Alexa, or if Bogue does get a, a singles run, he uses the sister Abigail as his finish.
2: Yeah, I think I think offering it would be a shame. That's one of the things that I was I was you know of many things that I was really sad about. I was like, I I one of the clips I watched was was Bray saying, "Oh, there's so much of this story that we haven't really explored or gone into yet," and and it did really did feel like this you know uh, Uncle Howdy and all of this storyline, the the Wyatt Six we've heard about Eric Young was going to be involved mm-hmm. and like that never got to come to fruition. And I and I I wish we'd got to see it because I think the Firefly Funhouse was. Um, it, it it was was really compelling. Mm, like the the fiend, the fiend was once again the, the bad booking choices that were made by their own volition. Um, that's what really made the fiend struggle. His commitment to the story and his commitment to the character and the the five live one house was always really interesting. Um, so I was sad that we never got to see that. But it is one of those things of don't be sensitive with it. You know, I think I think I think the moves are far more of a fitting tribute to this person than than Uh, anything else.
1: I also think it's going to end up being worse uh, for the company long run because in 2006 they had the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the benefit of not having social media. True. Whereas now, when uh, social media really does put a microscope yeah. on decisions that you make i think you really backfire yeah uh, and our last one here i believe this comes from three pork three who says hey guys got my girlfriend and my tickets to pay back this weekend it'll be my first pay-per-view that i'm attending she is not a wrestling fan so i'm excited to see her reaction love you guys i always
2: start my day with your podcast jam that jam i hope you have a brilliant time because if there's one thing i've learned from this weekend is that everyone should go to a live show at some point like repro was so much fun so good uh all in was incredible to be there live i had such a good time when i went to smackdown at the I, A2. I, I was saying this over the weekend but like because this felt like our
1: wrestlemania and i said mm. this on yesterday's show as well like this felt like not our wrestlemania but it felt like the closest i've felt to a wrestlemania because i've never yeah. been to one in terms of there was just wrestling shows everywhere yeah. like defy had their show and progress had their show on the saturday and right cabaret on friday right cabaret on the friday but there was also like even choco pro were doing yeah. their things and it's like i wish i had enough time to be able to do all of it mm. and when people talk about like their mania experiences like when they used to have like the big mania weekends which they really, haven't really done since the pandemic where there's lots of wrestling promotions doing things mm. that um People would sometimes leave shows halfway through yeah. because they need to they want to get across to the other the next one. one. I was like, oh, I've seen one of the matches that I really want to see here, but I've got to get across the road to the other one. You can't really do that sometimes in London because yeah, it's, like, it's quite far. It's you know, it's in Camden. Yeah. And like yeah, you know, getting to Hackney Wick's not that far, but it's far enough. We have a great transport network, but everything's about an hour away. So like <laughs> it's, you know Yeah, and you can really do it in Wembley And it? even no. you with your time optimism. Even with my time optimism. Yeah. Like we actually we finished Defy had something to eat and then got back, had time for one drink before we went across to Rev yeah. Pro. I thought we are going to have loads more time. Mm. I, actually, I was actually considering like sticking around for the Progress show because mm. we were there yeah. and I wanted to see Simon. Um, congratulations to Simon going in the AEW it's show, huge. by the
2: way. Yeah, great.
1: Yeah, awesome. Love that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be able to do all of it, but man, it's just not enough time.
2: Yeah. But, but anyway, look, go anyway, and have yeah. a great time at the show. Even a casual can sometimes just feel the, the vibe and the bug in the moment. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, go, hope the show great. Go to as many wrestling shows as you possibly can because it's always an awesome time. Speaking of awesome times, thank you so much for joining us here. Please uh, do press the subscribe button. Give us a little thumbs up as well. Leave a comment down below if you've made it this far. Uh, and we will see you... To com- the poll. Sorry, uh, we're going to do the poll. Yeah, I, I, so thought you were, I thought you were just leaving. Uh, I was about to, but you have reminded me to do the poll. Um, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our payback predictions with myself and pete going through the payback predictions and then on thursday it'll be dynamite mm-hmm. then on friday excuse me it will be now currently it'll be all out predictions mm-hmm. there's a chance that oh no i think it will be all out predictions I was about to say something that i now physically can't do because I, I time optimism is one thing but yeah. i actually don't have the time to do it yeah. um so yeah it'll be all out predictions on the friday so it'll be Dynamite on the Thursday, All Out on the uh, Friday. Sorry. Dynamite on the Thursday, <laughs> All Out on the Friday, SmackDown on the Saturday. Sunday will be the Payback review right? and the All Out live reactions, which yep. is yourself and Tempest. Ruh. And then on Monday, it will be myself and Ollie Davis reviewing All Out. Right. So Who's yes. reviewing the um, Payback? Uh, that'll be Ollie and Pete Lovely. reviewing Payback. Bit of everybody. Bit of everybody. Yeah. Bit of, all the flavors. Yeah. Well, we aren't doing uh, Payback live reactions, though
2: because exhausting it, yeah
1: we're all quite tired yeah and you know, some people need some take some rest
2: yeah some even bit. those of us without families to look after
1: <laughs> need, to, need to sleep now and again but yeah that is this very busy week here on the rest of the podcast channel so please do uh, subscribe because uh, enable those notifications to know when we are going live but until then i've been luke and d a d that has been your jam that champion the professor the truth dan layton jam that jam